Thank you very much for that, Maddie. We're going to turn now to the beef industry and so much talk on beef throughout the year and how spectacular it's been. And, you know, we thought a thousand cents on the Eki might be a big deal. And lo and behold, we were breaking through 1100 cents to give us a broader story. Welcome, Michael Whitehead. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, to reiterate what Maddie said about grain, once again, it is largely about the rain uh, at the moment. Yes, you're right. At every point this year where we've discussed beef prices, the thinking has been surely they've peaked, surely they have to plateau or go down now, and at every point they've kept going up. So where do we find ourselves now? Well, here we are in December looking out towards summer, and this would normally be the time where we would start to see beef price or cattle prices flatten and cattle prices start to go down. It didn't happen last year in 2020, but 2020 was not a normal year. Uh, towards the end of 2019 and start of 2020, particularly when the drought-breaking rains came, everybody rushed to the market and started buying furiously to rebuild their herds uh, and prices went up. But if you take that as a, an outlying year and look at every other year over back until at least 2016, this is the time of year prices have normally flattened. So will that happen now? Probably. We are probably likely to see prices flatten, not go down markedly, but prices start to plateau just because it is the time of year where a lot of people have restocked, a lot of people have built their herds up again, and they will be looking out over summer, not wanting to spend too much on supplementary feed. However, with the recent good rains in so much cattle country and with so much extra green feed out there and with cattle prices, as you say, sitting around that 1100 cents a kilo for the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator at the moment, what may well happen is that a number of producers may sell what they need to to take advantage of those high prices, but hold on to everything else because they can, because with prices at where they are and with their budgets as what they planned for years ago and with with other prices not too bad, they may well hold back. So we are predicting that there may be some flattening in prices, but we are not predicting any major change there, uh, at least for the next few months. Well, conditions look really good in the southern um, areas and Queensland still notably uh, technically in drought, although rains across the region in parts have certainly improved things and, you know, signs are good for a, a summer wet season. But how do we think about um, February, March as we just get through this next little period? Well, if we look forward to February, March, and, and as you say, very important to look at areas like Queensland and the, the massive cattle volumes there, because there are indications of what producers and the industry are thinking at the moment. And maybe the biggest reflection of that is cattle in feedlots right now, which is sitting at its second highest point ever. There was a dip in cattle in feedlots, which had been going up for years and years. It dipped uh, over the past year and a half or so as a lot sold, as there was ample green grass out there, but now it's rocketed up again, as we say, to that second highest point. Why has it done this? And particularly in areas like Queensland, why has it done that? And what's it show us about going forward? It's potentially done this because producers are thinking, well, we're not going to take for granted that the feed will be there, but we do want to maximise on the demand. We want to maximise on the 
domestic demand for beef that's there and supermarkets and butchers crying out for some certainty. So we make sure we get our, our cattle into those feedlots. We feed them on the ample volumes of grain and reasonably priced grain at the moment so we can get them out there into the domestic market. And as we discussed in our last edition, it's been fascinating to see that even with retail beef prices going up, beef demand hasn't been impacted. The other side of this is that the export demand remains strong, particularly to those markets which like grain-fed beef, uh, being particularly Japan and South Korea. That's one side of it. The, the second side of it, very much so, is that the economics of feedlots for so many producers and so many players in the supply chain continue to be good. Uh, feedlots themselves continue to find new efficiencies and continue to modernise and become more and more of an important part of the supply chain. And the last point is that's also reflected in who's pushing the prices up. At the start, it was the processors, then it was the restockers, and now it's the feedlotters who are being the major buyers and pushing prices up. So what's it show for those northern states? It shows that the demand and the confidence is strong, but they are strategizing to cover every scenario. Michael, we, we've always thought that the consumer is being tested and are at the sort of top of price resistance, but does it sound like margin could still be maintained and restored to a level as consumers pay more and more and in fact that may not impact supply like we might have thought or price that we might have thought. Absolutely. In the end, we talk about production all coming down to the rain, uh, demand all comes down to the consumer. And so we watch what they do and where they're going. And as you say, and as we've talked about, even with prices of beef going up, um, demands remain strong. The modern consumer is getting healthier and healthier. They are paying more and more attention to what they eat, to what their families eat. They paid extra attention to it through COVID, but it's a long-term trend as people get healthier. And they see red meat and beef as a, a particularly strong part of their diet, and that's going to keep demand going. What is interesting is how this plays out into the processing landscape too. The, the need for protein, where it comes from, whether some of it comes from plants, whether some of it comes from eggs and other areas, but from different kinds of meat has been a big driver of where some of the activity in the processing sector goes. We've seen recent examples of big beef processors buying into the aquaculture space or buying into the goat meat space because they know that the domestic consumer and the global consumer in the export market wants this protein, wants it for their families and will continue to demand. It. So, yes, that demand is continuing to look strong. And as uh, Adelaide says, um, with um, conditions being strong at consumer level, maybe it's that premium choice that people are happy to pay for because they can pay for it and less consumption at a, at a higher quality might well with a, a steak as it might uh, a good quality red or something to go with it. So maybe we have a look at wine would be the natural thing to do.